Welcome back to another episode of Reality Life with Kate Casey. Hope that you guys have had a great week. This week I found out that unbeknownst to me, my friend Heather Sanderson from high school had her daughter the same day as the Gosling kids, same hospital, same floor. And apparently none of the doctors were available to help her because they were all the Gosling kids. So she and her husband practically delivered the baby themselves. So here's my question for you. Were you also in labor the day that a celebrity baby was being born? And if so, would you report back to me whether or not the nurses and the doctors ignored you and your needs because of a celebrity that was on a reality show? Please report back. So this week's episode I'm really excited about. Jenny Marie is TLC's new star. She's on a show called Mama Medium. She is a psychic medium empath, and she will go into a little bit more of an explanation of what that is. And you know, I love all things psychic. So I'm excited for you to hear that interview. I also asked Ben Mandelkor from Watch What Crappens podcast to review the season premiere of Real Housewives of New Jersey. That show has been on for approximately 76 seasons at this point. And Teresa Judice and Melissa Gorga are back in full effect. And then Mary Payne Gilbert, she's got a new podcast called Pain in the Pod. I asked her to review a show on Bravo called Get a Room with Carson and Tom. It's part of their Friday series of shows, their Bravo home block of shows. So they're basically becoming the HGTV for people who also like to watch women rip each other's weaves out. So here we go. But right before that, a review of Dancing with the Stars Juniors from my nine-year-old daughter, Mia. Okay, I'm obsessed with Audible because it lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one app. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. And with female writers and heroines, celebrity narration, multicast productions, Audible has you covered for every type of excitement that you're looking for, including true crime and mystery. And I know all of you love that too. For example, right now, I'm listening to None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. That's audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. This week I had my kids watch Dancing with the Stars Junior. It's basically Dancing with the Stars, but with kids celebrities. Mia, she's nine years old. What did you think of the show? I thought it was pretty cool because when they started dancing, I thought I should start dancing, but my brother kept stopping every time. Yeah, he's a real buzzkill. Okay, let's talk about the people that were on the show, and you tell me if you knew any of these people. Trip Palin. No. Addison Smith. No. Hudson West. No. Sophia Pippin. No. Okay, Honey Boo Boo. No. That's her name, Honey Boo Boo. Miles Brown. No. Sky Brown. No. Okay, wow. Ariana Greenblatt. No. Manla Morris. No. Akasha Vakodi. No. Jason Maybaum. No. Oh, yeah, yes. How do you know who that is? Because I remember him because I watch sometimes um, Raven's Home and he's on there. Okay, what about Mackenzie Ziegler? No. Okay, so you know one person on this whole cast. What did you think when Sophia Pippen was dancing and they showed Kim Kardashian sitting with her daughter North? 
I forgot who that mean who that is, so I don't know. Do you know who the Kardashian family are? No. Thank God I am a good parent. Okay, thanks. TLC's got a new series called Mama Medium. You guys know I love anything that has to do with psychics. This is a psychic experience like any like no other because Jenny Marie is a wife and mother who lives in Rochester, New York, and she's got a bigger a larger than life personality, but she's got an interesting ability. She's a psychic medium empath. Jenny, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So explain to to everybody a little bit more about your abilities. You're a psychic medium and an empath. Yeah, so psychic means that I can see the future. Medium means that I talk to past loved ones. And my third gift, which I think is my largest, is I'm empathic, which means I literally feel energy. So I can feel what someone is feeling. I can walk into a room and sense if someone's past loved one is there. Um, It's actually a really cool gift. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about how you realized that you had the gift. I know that there are people in your family that also had a gift. Did they have a different sort of ability? Yes. So I believe that not all mediums or psychics or empaths are the same. Um, Yep. I was young. I was like seven when I started um, first using my mediumship skills and seeing my great grandmother. Um, I was 12 when I started, I guess, calling it my psychic abilities and seeing the future. I would have premonitions. Um, And I think right around that time is when I realized I was also empathic. Um, You know how we always meet somebody and, you know, some people are really good at, you know, distinguishing how somebody is when you meet them instead of like judging their, their, uh, physical, you know, like some people say you stand a certain way and that means something I could feel it. Like I could feel their energy. Um, in my family, um, we have a lot of clear audience, which means that they hear and have vivid dreams for me being clairvoyant. I see images. Um, it's kind of like how you have a memory of a past loved one. I also have a memory of them, but I can't hear them. In the first episode that I watched, there was a man's father standing behind him at a wine tasting. How often does this <laughs> happen to you where you see someone standing behind? And also, how can you differentiate between a, t- a normal person and a spirit? So that actually happens every single day of my life for me. <laughs> um, I, I Again, I see it like a memory. So I don't necessarily, for instance, at that wine place, he wasn't three-dimensionally standing behind him, but he was standing behind him like a memory, but was pointing at him, really trying to get my attention, saying, can you help him? He needs to hear from me. Like, I think everyone has past loved ones, but some of them jump out (laughs) and are like really trying to get my attention. And so when I'm out in public, those are usually the ones that I'm like, okay, right place, right time. Let me see if I can help. So the people that come forward to you, is there a reason that some people, some spirits would come before someone and, and not others. In other words, if there is someone that you see and they have a, a mother coming forward, but not necessarily a grandmother or a friend that passed away in a car accident, I don't know. Is there a reason that a sp- yeah, one spirit a- comes before another one? Absolutely. That's a great, great question. Um, I believe as our lives are ever changing, so are our past loved ones. 
And each one of our past loved ones represents um, a different guide for us in our lives. So if your you know, mother comes first before the grandmother, maybe the mom has a stronger message for you today and maybe it has something to do with the decision you're about to make or a health decision. And sometimes I tell people if your grandmother came first, even though you really wanted to talk to your mom first, maybe the grandmother has a stronger message because she's the sentimental guide that needs you to know that you're getting messages where the mom may be for the future. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do people ever get frustrated with you because they really wanted to hear from one person, but they're heard from another? No. Actually, to be honest with you, no, they don't get frustrated. Um, sometimes in a group, because we're it's time sensitive, you know, I tell people, take the message you get, you'll be thankful. So as soon as that one person comes through, even if it's not the one they wanted, they do appreciate the message and say, oh my God, I didn't even know that this person was there for me. And then later down the line have reached back out and said, you know, I'm getting messages all the time. I'm feeling better about this guidance about somebody else. If you're in a private reading with me, you can talk to as many past loved ones as you want. So also in the episode, there was one person who was really who had come through to you and they were frustrated about the fact that they had that they were deceased. That was something unusual. I don't really hear that often on other shows on TV. So can you tell me what you know about once we pass and how unusual it is for someone to be frustrated that their life was over? So I think I think the best part about communicating with loved ones is that I try really hard to, I don't want to say prove to you, but to show you that that's really the soul and how you remember it. So if they say that they're frustrated or I didn't want to be here, that usually means there's a deeper validation here on earth that you've actually had that conversation with that person. So if that person came through and said, I'm frustrated, I don't want to be here. That means that before they passed, you had a conversation with them and they're saying, I don't want to go or I'm too soon. So even though, you know, people love that because they appreciate that closure, but it's showing that it's really their soul instead of me just saying, you know, there's a, there's a woman here or a man, I get to validate even further and say, and this is what they're feeling. And then they're saying, oh my God, you're right. Like that they told me that right before they passed. I see. Now, I I asked that because I had a friend in college that had cancer and she died of sepsis. So in cases like that where somebody has um, an, a, a death that's very sudden, do they ever come through and say, I, I, I'm in disbelief that this happened to me? So maybe they didn't discuss it beforehand because it, their death was sudden. Let's say somebody died in a car accident or just a freak accident. Do they ever come across and say, I, I, I can't believe that that happened. I'm, I'm, I wish I was still there, especially parents that have small yes. children that pa- I know that that's an upcoming episode where you have someone who passed away from cancer, I believe, and left kids behind. Do they ever say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm mad that I couldn't be there. I tried so hard to stay. Absolutely. Every day that that actually happens. Sometimes I've had where they come through and they say, I don't know why I'm here. I'm not supposed to be here. And sometimes that happens a lot of times, um, like you said, very fast. Um, sometimes, you know, with drug overdoses, I get that a lot. What am I doing here? I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah, 100%. But again, that's another validation for the person living here, validating they're right. They wouldn't have wanted to go that way. And I'm not okay with it either. 
So uh, this is a question I know everyone wants to know, and it seems silly, but I'm, I'm really serious. I need to know this. Are our loved ones watching us when we okay. sh- our loved ones watching us when we get when we take showers, go to the bathroom, and are in the bedroom with the, with our partners? That's not a silly question. I probably get asked that ten times a day. <laughs> um, no, I don't believe so because those are worldly things. So when you pass, it's your soul, and so that's why when the messages come through, it's always for healing for your soul or emotional. Um, it's never, it's never. Um, you know, yeah, like I saw this was happening or nope, I've never had anybody come through and talk about that one. Um, and that's because I think that's just what we do here on earth, right? Like your soul doesn't really need to go to the bathroom, but our body does. How long do kids see spirits for? Um, you mean when they're younger? Yeah, I, I have a bunch of little kids and I, I'm telling you that they all see things when they're really little. I'm wondering when is the time period where they kind of grow out of that? I think it's different for every child. I think some of them carry it and just ignore it. I think others think, I don't know what this is and I don't want to have it. Um, I, I mean, if I have to make it very generalized, I would say when they go to school, okay. their brains get preoccupied about new friends and what's going on at school that maybe they're not paying attention to so much as when they're home or, or only going half day. When is it, when is a sign, not a sign? Like you hear a song on the radio and it reminds you of a loved one, or maybe you see a feather or a dime. And sometimes people think it's a sign for, from a loved one that's passed. When is a sign, not really a sign? Ooh, that's a good one. So I don't believe that anything in life is coincidence. I do believe that there are times when they're not. And I think, um, it's hard to explain, but I think it would be like if you heard the same song like six times in two days and nothing was changing in your life. I feel that past loved ones give us signs for guidance. So if you're getting a lot of signs, I always tell people to stop and think. What's happening in my life? Why is somebody trying to get my attention? And if nothing has changed, then, you know, maybe it just isn't a sign. Maybe one of them was, but not all of them. Um, I mean, it's very easy to get very, um, you know, hooked on. I saw 14 today. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, you know, very possibly they could all be messages. But I think you're right. Like, it, there has to come a point where, you know, and sometimes I tell people, talk out loud. Ask them, are these signs from you or are these not signs from you? I tell everyone to continue to have that relationship. You can push. You can push spirit a little bit. Today I need a message. I need to know I'm okay. Or if that's not you, then stop letting them happen and see if it does. Oh, that's good. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you can answer this, but once we, what, what, in your conversations with those that have passed, what does it sound like happens once you pass? Is there a tunnel? Do you see loved ones before you? Are there butterflies? Like what, what, what do you know from those that have communicated with you? I love that question. (laughs) So to me, from what I have seen as I don't see a tunnel, I don't see butterflies, what they've showed me, it almost looks like, um, um, like it's hard to explain, but like I see, um, it's like air, but has like iridescent slight glitter in it. Like it's, it's angelic. It's, it's mystical, but, but bright and, and 
like you've never seen before and you want to touch it type of thing. Like it's a good feeling. And I always just feel when they get up there, they always talk about it being white and, 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 um, yeah, like I, I glitter sounds so, I don't want to take away from it, but that's how I see it. Like iridescent that shines in the light. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you see, I never see a tunnel. I don't ever see anybody talk about butterflies. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Do you see loved ones that have passed before you? Yes, I do believe that when a soul is getting ready to leave, that the soul that's coming for you will come before before your soul passes. And I believe that that can be proven sometimes when people are getting ready ready to pass. And they've talked about seeing somebody who's been passed for a long time or like they're talking to them in the room. I 100%, and I just got chills, <laughs> believe that that's a true thing. Yeah, and they'll know who it is before they leave. I, I think they get to see them before they leave. It's a comforting thing. Even souls that pass very fast, I believe that people come for them and they will see them and know them. How do you not allow your own emotions to filter into the reading while it's happening or afterwards? Because Jason, for example, I for me, it was such a sad story. And so how do you keep, uh, set a boundary? Um, well, I, um, I ask for, uh, protection before I go into any reading. Um, I ask for the best messages to come forward. I want to make sure that I'm doing for them what I can without putting any of my emotional into it. Um, my own emotions. I think, you know, I had, that was something I had to teach myself for a long time. It wasn't just this is what I can do. Like I said, I was, I was pretty shaken up after the Jason reading. Um, but so I think, I think it's like, um, I don't know. I think it's just what I do now, if that makes sense. Um, it's interesting because I'm so focused on making sure that I'm as detailed as I can when I speak to a past loved one, that sometimes I forget about what's happening here on earth for that moment. I got the biggest crack up because your husband, so this is your second marriage and your first husband passed away and your husband's constantly annoyed because your previous husband's spirit <laughs> always wanders back into the house. Is he the only person yeah, that bugs, bu bugs you all the time? I know that you, you've said he asked you to tell him to go away. How easy it is, is it to tell a spirit to leave you alone? Will they respect it? And that's my first part of the question. And number two, what do your kids think about their father coming back so much? So the first part is, I do believe that you can ask spirits um, to leave past loved ones. Um, you can ask for boundaries, 100%. Um, if they're happy, positive spirits, um, they'll leave. They, they don't want to upset you. They don't want to hurt you. They're, they're just there to let you know that I'm around. Um, he is not the only one that is always there. Um, my grandmother and I were super close. She raised me for a while. Um, she passed recently and every day I have a, a conversation with her and she, um, if I get very busy or sidetracked, she makes it very apparent <laughs> that she's here and, and she's my guide. Like she's my present and my future guide. We never go backwards with her. So I see her the most. Um, but my kids, you know, my husband's just, he's just jealous. <laughs> and I tell him all the time, I'm like, it's a thing, it's over, it's bad. Um, but he doesn't like to share me, which I love and I'm so thankful. But that's where that comes to, you know, and he, he raised 
my first two boys. Uh, my first husband and I separated when my, my children were like one and two. So it's the only father that they remember. I, I was fortunate enough to meet Michael right after my divorce um, a few months later. So Mike doesn't want to share them. He doesn't want to share me and my kids. You know, like I said, this is the only dad. Mike actually um, adopted them legally. But I think it's cool. I think they think it's cool that their biological father, Peter, is with them. But I think because they had such an estranged relationship, like Peter lived in a different state and only came once a year by his choice, that my kids don't really, there's not a lot of validation, if that makes sense. Does he say he's regretful? Oh, absolutely. There's so much remorse to my ex-husband, so much. So is that part of the, is that part of the reason that he hangs around? I think he hangs around because he's a guide for my boys. I think he's very proud of them. I think that he wants, you know, especially because both of those ones I think are gifted. So he, I believe when people pass, they know who's gifted. They know who can help them with messages. So he's probably giving them messages. They just don't know who or where yet. And, you know, they're 13 and 14, so they're really not focusing on dead people. Okay, so how did TLC find you? Um, I think I found TLC. <laughs> oh, cool. I think, I think it's something, either it was a premonition and I, I went with it or I manifested it. Um, I think it's, I, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you. It was all universal and it just kept falling into place. Told my husband a few years ago, something's telling me we're going to have our own show. He was 180% against it. And it just kept getting stronger. And I kept telling him, I'm letting you know, like, I feel like the universe is pushing us. And I promise you, Kate, it literally just all fell into place. And I went with it. Okay, my last question is, how, what's your advice to, to everyone who has this hunch that they are gifted, that there's something there? What can they do to hone the, that ability? I want everyone to believe that they are probably intuitive. Don't think it's a hunch. Trust it. Absolutely trust it. And just because it was so amazing for me, I would try meditation or literally talk out loud to the universe. Okay, today I have this feeling that this is going to happen or I feel really great and I'm going to pay attention to the blessing today and then just write it down. Some people have to see it. Um, to believe it type of thing. So if you're writing it down and then you go back and say, wow, I remember I felt like this and it really happened. Do it. Trust it. Push, totally push the universe. Just like we would push each other here as friends. I'm, I'm really struggling through something right now. Anything you can give me, or I feel like I should make this decision, but I'm scared. Follow it. Trust it. I'm telling you, meditation for me was huge. It let me be me when I was ready to be me. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. it let my it let my gifts open up when I was ready and it was at my own time. Great. Awesome. Well, so your show, Mama Medium, uh, airs on Mondays at 9 p.m. How can people track you down elsewhere if they want a reading or they want to follow you on social media? Yes. So my website is Jenny the Medium, but it's J-E-N-N-I-E dot com. Um, my Facebook is Jenny Marie Empathic Psychic Medium. Um, my Twitter is Mama Empath. Jenny, this and is a, this is to- this is too much. You need to have it like all one thing. I'm, I'm you gotta listen. 
I am not good at this part. I talk to dead people. If you want to help me fix this, I then know. help me oh my fix God. it. And you're like, on Snapchat, you can, go, you can get me at medium, mama mia, I'm on TLC.com. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being honest, and I focus on the dead people. I struggle with the alive issues. <laughs> Hilarious. Is your last name something like super Italian, and that's why you're Jenny Marie? My name is Kinselmi, and I go. don't use it because I sold real estate for a long time. So if you look up Jenny Kinselmi, it comes up real estate. So did that? That's the did, only reason did, I don't. Did your ability help you in real estate at all? No, it hurt me in real estate. I was walking into haunted houses. I was seeing things in houses I didn't want to see. I could feel things. I could hear things. It was horrible. Hence, I no longer sell real estate. Well, plus the people probably like you could feel there that they dislike the house and then you try to convince them otherwise. That would be annoying, too. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's very it's a long process in real estate. And yeah, it had a lot of scary things happen. I mean, I'm, I'm opening myself up to situations and places where I wouldn't normally put myself, you know, knowing how strong it is now. So it, it was a lot. So if you're like trying to sell a house and you can see that there are probably three ghosts living in the attic, that would probably probably put a little dent in your car, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. The one that really got to me is um, as we were going through the house and I opened a closet and I could see how someone had committed suicide right there. And I thought, this is a lot. Yeah, that would be a lot. Interesting. So I obviously said a prayer. I sent out as much positive energy as I could, helping but yeah, those are the ones where I was like, man, this is a lot right now. And and to be honest with you, I don't know who lived there before, so I can't even deliver the message for them. When I was two years old, I was in the backyard of our of our house. And I remember to this day looking up into the window of the third floor and seeing an old woman in the window. And I told my mom and she freaked out. So flash forward, I'm in college, I'm waiting tables. I start a conversation with a couple and they, we talked about the hometown that I was from, and they said, we almost bought a house on Fennerton Road, which is where we lived. And I said, what house? They told me the, the house number. And I said, I lived there as a child, and I saw an old woman in the window. And they said, we felt this bad energy when we went in the house, and we never bought the house. Kate, I have chills everywhere. That's an absolute true statement. That's a crazy, but look at how cool that was. That to me was a message. You got a message validating that your intuition was spot on. So yeah. even though it's 10, 15 years later, that was the universe saying, trust it. That's a true thing that you have, Kate. And you were supposed to talk to those people and you validated for them their intuition that they could tell something was wrong. I'm excited to keep watching the rest of the season. So thank you for coming on. It's been fun. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. How do we really know the best way to take care of aging skin? From overpriced department store brands, gimmicky marketing tricks, to disappointing drugstore products that often do not perform, it's really impossible to know where to put our trust and our money. I want someone to help me get rid of these fine lines around my face and the dark spots from all that sun damage. So that's why I like ForHers.com, which is the new women's wellness brand delivering prescription skincare products customized just for you straight to your door. So that means no more taking time out of your day for yet another in-person doctor's appointment 
Forhers.com connects you online with licensed doctors who can prescribe you products customized for you, delivered right to your door. At every age, the skin begins to adjust, and Hers is dedicated to supporting women at each stage of life so that the skin concerns can become a no-brainer. So listen, order now. My listeners get a trial month of the customized anti-aging kit from Hers for 20% off right now while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to the doctor or to a pharmacy. Go to forhers.com slash reality. That's F-O-R-H-E-R-S dot com slash reality for hers.com slash reality. I know everybody right now is on a health kick and that's why I want to tell you about Roe Body Program. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. It could be you too. Roe Body Program members have support throughout the process. Roe's partner handles all of the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to the provider on demand for any questions. And you can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. And this means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.com slash KKC. Sign up today and you're going to pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash KKC. Last night, the season premiere of Real Housewives of New Jersey aired and here to report slash assess the debut is Ben from Watch What Crappens podcast. Ben, welcome to the show. Oh my God. Hi, Kate. Thank you for having me back on a very, very important morning. (laughs) Okay. I've got a speed round of questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Number one, Joe Judice is still in the federal prison system. Teresa is now training to be in a bodybuilding competition. Why? Why is she doing that? Listen, this is, this is her women's empowerment. This is, you know, we've had a year of, of feminism across the country, which is great. And this is the four mistakes of Teresa. Joe said she couldn't do it. And now what? She's like, you know what? Get behind bosses and stuff. So I'm going to do it, Joe. Eh. That was kind of a sad moment for me that she had to wait until he was behind a federal prison wall to actually go after a goal. That's, that's, it's, it's insane. Like she was always afraid of him. He's like five foot three. That's true. That. There is actually a huge amount of sadness. I, I was, I was taking the empowerment angle, but now that you say it, I, I actually feel like it might be sadder than it is empowering. I mean, that is true. Like, it, like it's not just that he like could go away on vacation so she could do what she wants. Like he had to go to jail for Teresa to follow her dreams, which is, you know, it is very very sad. But you know, it's also you know what that's America. Okay, so Melania now is talons. They're different colors and they've got diamonds on them. I know. It's like she's playing Candy Crush with her fingers. I feel like those are actually weapons. I don't feel like that that is for vanity at all. I feel like those are for weapons. Her dad is in jail. She has to protect the family. Are we tired of the Melissa and Teresa, we hate each other storyline? Very much so. I mean, you know, it, it had its moment. It was, it was a great moment. Season three is one of the all-time best seasons of any Real Housewives. When, when Melissa came on and there was that huge, you know, the feud began. And that season was riveting. And then the next season was pretty good, too. And then the season after that was like, okay, 
And then it started to move into this like place. Uh, well, we're trying to become best friends. I'm trying to be the best sister-in-law I can be. And then it was like, ah, oh, we're finally friends. We're finally sisters. And now for the season to open up with Melissa saying like, oh, I thought we were in a good place, but now Teresa's being mean to me again. I'm like, we, we have to be able to get better jokes, like better storylines than this. I agree with you. Can't people just openly hate their relatives? I mean, why do you have to like your relatives? Yeah. And what, what happened to the days when you could just hate your cousin? Okay. So Dolores is still living with Frank. Why? Why are they still living together? You know, Dolores is a woman of many mysteries. She still lives with him. She's still seeing her, like, her weird absentee boyfriend once a week. Frank has betrayed her trust by getting disbarred and not telling her, and she had to find out by Andy Cohen at the reunion of all places. I don't know why. I just, I have to imagine, it has to be about that D. Like, he must, he must lay down some good D. And she's like, well, you know. Are yeah. they flipping houses now because he's a disbarred attorney or because they're using this as an opportunity to get a spinoff on Bravo Home? Um, you know, it could be both for sure. I think it's because he's an attorney because I don't think that they um, were quite aware enough of the uh, the development slate in Bravo uh, when they started flipping the homes a few months ago. So I'm going to say it's just because he lost his job as an attorney. And I, I get the sense that Dolores you know, I love Dolores, but I feel like she's probably very needy, um, and she's probably needy of male attention to a certain degree, because here she is, she's talking about how lonely she is. She's like, I sit at home in the kitchen, and it's lonely. I'm eviscerated. It's so lonely. You have a boyfriend. You've got your ex who lives there. I mean, it's a little dramatic, and I think that she, I think that, like, she needs male, not necessarily, not necessarily attention, but she likes the presence of a male. Like, like she likes having Frank there. It makes her feel comforted. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Margaret spent the first few minutes of the episode in bed with full makeup and then in the shower with her husband. Is this necessary to see her in the shower? The shower, that, that, wasn't, that was not a high point for her. It was not a high point for my life. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I, I want to be body positive. I want to be, you know, age positive, all those fun things. But at the end of the day, was it a visual I needed? I don't know. Like it sort of reminded me of some other low points uh, at Bravo. Like when they, when we saw Jax Taylor on the toilet in the bathroom, like we didn't need that. Why is her house still in shambles? You know, there, there has to be a story behind it because honestly I get it. Like, Oh my God, it's hilarious. She's married to a, to a contract if he can't finish his own home. It's almost like the log line for some sitcom. <laughs> but um, maybe like money has run out or something. I don't know. Uh, I think it needs to be fixed. Like you can't still have those decorations up. Melissa turns 39. She's got a birthday party at Rails. Is Rails the regal beagle of Northern Jersey? Rails is where it's at. I, I, I think Rails is the new boutique, okay? Like this is the place. If something's going to go down, if you need to resolve a fight, you go to Rails. If you want to reconnect with old friends, you go to Rails. You want to have a birthday party, you go to Rails. You get Rails keys, you get smashed, you have a great time, you come back the next day for more. That's what Rails is all about. I'm not okay with that room. I feel like that that lantern is going to shit the bricks I, one of these days and people are going to be suffocating in that room. I was very confused why this sort of like 
standard. It looks almost like a, like a house that had been converted into a restaurant. It was very strange how they had like catacombs underneath. <laughs> underneath. Like, why does Rails have this very strange, like, medieval cellar going on? And it was too cramped for that sort of party. It looked cramped and hot. Are her her sisters angling to be on the show? I mean, will they ever give up their pursuit to be sub, you know, side characters on The Real Housewives of New Jersey? You know what? Um, I think they will. They have always been angling, and they've they've been trying hard. I don't think that they will ever get the. Uh, I don't think they'll ever get the promotion. Listen, Kim D has been around since the beginning, since the beginning, and she's still not on. So that. That does not bode well for, for Lisa and the others. Right. Okay. Danielle Staub is a bridezilla. Shocker. She was obvious, obviously expecting to be a full-time, full-time cast member when she walked through the doors of Rails. Talk to me about what you think happens at Danielle's house when the cameras leave. Oh, God. <laughs> when, when the cameras leave, Danielle takes off like the necklace that she has around her. And then her neck, and then like suddenly the real Danielle appears. It's like it's like that that scene in Game of Thrones when the sorceress takes off for whatever it is, and you find out that she's like five hundred thousand years old. That's what happens with Danielle. You know, it gets very cold and dark in there, and there's like a gust of wind and candles blow out, <laughs> and she just sort of like goes into a cabinet and like assumes a a, 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 a corpse pose standing up until the next morning. It's basically like in Lion in, in Thundercats when Mumra <laughs> comes in and out of his little coffin thing. You know, like Mumra comes out and then all it's like this like weird creepy thing with like little bandages and then all of a sudden Mumra but then like Mumra like chills out again, he goes back into his coffin like bang, you know? Yeah, I can't imagine that Marty Caffrey was really enthusiastic before the wedding. I'm certain certain that he's not enthusiastic now, considering they're trying to get a divorce. I mean, that marriage probably lasted two weeks. I'm going to say. You know, you know what happened was that he uh, he saw he saw an ad for some uh, Ralph Lauren Nautica, and he's like, "Wait a second, I don't have to be buying my clothes from Costco. I could get some Nautica." You know what? This marriage is over. Yeah. It, I did think for a moment last night, what, why did she want to marry him in the first place? I know she was engaged a bunch of times, but she never really went full throttle. So what was it about Marty Caffrey that made her want to... Is, was it because that was her, her storyline? She felt like she could cling on to the show if she, was, if she had a wedding? I mean, I, I can't even believe that you're questioning the sex appeal of Marty Caffrey right now, Kate. <laughs> I mean, this is Marty Caffrey, okay? Like... He is hot, all right? He is a successful man doing some sort of business venture, I'm sure. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, it's it's like MCAS, okay? Like, how are you going to inspire him? Okay, but yes, good. it was probably for a storyline. Yes, it probably was. And by the way, to circle back to your other question, it just occurs to me, the reason why um, Margaret's living room is still not done is because she's clearly angling for some sort of, like, makeover storyline where like Bravo's going to put the bill for some couches. Two new friends that showed up at the party are the new cast members. Do you think it's odd the way they introduced the two new cast members? Like these two women just fall out of the sky. They show up at the party. Is there a better way to transition two new cast members to the show? What would be an ideal situation for introducing two new people? Um, Like a fender bender. (laughs) 
do one of those things where they oh, yeah. crash into someone else's car and it's like, oh my God, I can't believe you did this to my car. You know what? How about this? Why don't we go over to Rails? We'll talk about it over a Rails team and we'll figure it out. And then they do that. I'm like, guess what? Look, I bumped him into her car. I thought she was going to be a terrible bitch. But you know what? We had some martinis and we had a great time. So guess what? Come to my group. I like that. I like that. I also was thinking maybe meeting in the receptionist area of an OBGYN office. Yeah. Or the reception area of a vaginal rejuvenation office, right. which is where a lot of scenes in Bravo take place now. Or at a Botox party at someone's townhouse. Right. Or, or a cryogenics um, experience like someone opened up the cryogenic freezer and then someone said oh I'm sorry I didn't mean to open this up while you were being frozen to death oh no problem and then from there the friendship just begins flourishes okay one of my favorite things for us to do favorite 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 is to pontificate on a <laughs> a person on reality television so in this case I would like for you and I to just dream up what is someone's life is like off camera and for this edition, mm-hmm. I would like to discuss Teresa's traina, trainer, Tara, the one who's getting her ready for, for the weightlifting bodybuilding competition. So I think that Tara is probably married to somebody named Chuck. I think mm-hmm. that they, they met in high school, and the only thing that keeps them together still is their love for bodybuilding. And they mm-hmm. have three sons in the Guinness Book of World Records. Brilliant. Because they're mm-hmm. all under the age of eight and they look like bodybuilders. They're like, you, they've got an intense uh, muscle muscle mass f- despite their youth. Yeah. Do you think they're intimidated by Frankie? Do, do you think they see Frankie and they're like, you know what, this is bullshit. Because Frankie gets all the attention, but we're actually much better bodybuilders, young bodybuilders. Like we have better symmetry and like... <laughs> Our aesthetics are like much more on point than Frankie's, but Frankie gets all the attention. I bet they're jealous. I think there um, there is an element of jealousy, but I also think there's an element where they see him as their mentor, but they realize that Frankie grew up in a time where body oil and and certain neon bathing suits were were the thing you needed to do in order to succeed in bodybuilding but they're of the new generation and so they sort of appreciate him for what he did for the business but they know Mm -hmm. that they're basically like torch holders in the olympics of bodybuilding is it is it possible that tara is actually frank's ex that he was dating is it possible is it possible these kids are actually frank's kids I'm, I'm going to say yes. I think there is a distinct possibility. I, so. I do. I think so. I think that there's actually something going on. I think that, I think everything's more connected than we could have ever imagined, to be honest. <laughs> do you, what kind of gifts do you think that they get, that they give to each other in their house for, you know, for Christmas? Do you think that they give each other sweaters or do you think it's, you know, like a Tupperware to contain their boiled chicken? I think, I think it, well, first of all, yes, clearly there's some gladware that gets distributed. It's like they, they meal prep, like that is their way of, of celebrating the holidays. They all open up their meal prep together. And then on top of that, like clearly there's some uh, muscle milk, some, some like muscle milk oh, six yeah. packs that are just, that are given um, some creatine, uh, oh, pre-workout, a lot of pre-workout, um, some muscle teas, um, you know, that's important too. I wonder, do you think that they watch American Ninja Warrior all day long? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think they actually they like they actually track it in the sense that like you know I think ninety five percent of people who watch American Ninja Warrior are like oh this thing's on look at that person going up a staircase using that but like it's an upside down staircase they have to use like their hands like oh that's cool I wonder if they'll make it but they actually like know who all the people are and know like. They're like, oh yeah, that guy got through the semifinals, and you're like, what semifinals? But they like know like what stage the show it's in, and like who has done well. So that's weird, you know. Like, well, you're like way too invested. Do you think that Tara leaves her house and still wears the uh, loose side heels? I think so. I think that like first of all, anything she wears outside the house, there's like a giant octagon, like that's cut out of like whatever like around like her abs like it doesn't matter what she's wearing it could be like two degrees it could be a more rooster and like full vortex jacket like missing an octagon right in the middle of her abs and do you think that she has a big group of friends that also are in bodybuilding or do you think she's the kind of person that likes to have friends that um don't really have athletic builds because she likes to remind them that she's a superior person in the athletic world. She, I mean, she, I, I see her being the, like, like she has her, like her girlfriends who are like not bodybuilders. And it's like her way of being like a little bit more feminine. I would imagine she's probably not that much fun at a club because she, while she likes to dance a little bit, she d- doesn't drink too much. Like she'll maybe drink a fourth, a glass, you know, of a martini, and yeah. then ju- and judges other people for the calorie content. Like, can you yeah. believe that girl just got an apple teeny? Does she know what, how that's destroying her body? Yeah, she makes everyone basically get like vodka and soda. Like, and if you don't, she's like, I hope you know how many calories are on that. Like, I'm just trying to help, you know. And you're like, shut up, Tara. <laughs> and then she has like half half a drink, and then she's like, <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so wasted because I never drink. And you're like, you're not right now. You're just trying to act wasted. You're trying to act fun. You're not wasted right now. And then she's falling asleep and you're like, tell me how like a quarter of a drink. What's wrong? She's like, I know. I just, I wake up at five in the morning to train every day. It's just really hard. I'm like, you know what? Shut up, Tara. I'm not inviting you out anymore. Tell everybody where they can find you. Hey, y'all. Well, y'all better come to watchercrappens.com. That's where, that's like our center hub. Um, uh, but where the podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, wherever. Anywhere you're listening to this podcast, you can also find Walter Crappen. Um, awesome. And then on Twitter and Instagram. Me personally, I'm at Ben Mandelker on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also follow Watch for Crappens on all those platforms. Again, just go to watchcrappens.com. And you'll find links to all the social medias, um, which you should follow because um, we really will enrich your lives in so many different ways, guys. You guys, the holidays are coming up. You're going to need some new holiday outfits, but you're really going to need some shoes to go with it. And that's why you need to check out ShoeDazzle.com and become a member of their VIP. This is why. ShoeDazzle.com is the club for the shoe obsessed. And I know most of you are just like me. It's not just shoes, though. Millions of women say Shoe Dazzle is their one-stop shop for all things trendy, including clothing, accessories, and handbags. So whether it's boots, booties, sweaters, or jeans, Shoe Dazzle has everything you're going to need for fall and winter. So if you join the VIP membership, which is the best way to go, you're going to save 30% off most retail prices all day, every day, plus get free shipping and returns. Don't forget to select VIP membership at checkout. You're going to take a short style quiz. I took it so easy to do. And then Shoe Dazzle can personalize your shopping experience. 
And you know what? If you go to shoedazzle.com slash reality now and sign up as that VIP, you're going to get 50% off your first order. That's shoedazzle.com slash reality to get half off everything on the site. You guys do it today. The hottest styles sell out fast. Shoedazzle.com slash reality. With DoorDash, there's something for everyone. You need a birthday gift? Check. Need to stock up on meals, sides, and drinks that your family loves? Also check. Pet ran out of food again? They've got it. Wellness essentials need a restock? It's a good thing they've got those too. The DoorDash app allows you to customize, substitute, schedule, and track your orders, as well as communicate with your shopper while receiving real-time updates. This has been a huge game changer for myself and for our family. Millions of people trust DoorDash for groceries, pet supplies, gifts, well-being, and more, and you should too. Shop with DoorDash and enjoy big savings. Use code Kate Casey to get 50% off up to $10 value on $15 minimum subtotal on your next convenience, grocery or retail order. For eligible users only, terms apply. My pal Mary Payne Gilbert has a new podcast called Pain in the Pod. I've been a guest on it where she interviews podcasters about their podcasts. I have asked her to review a new show on the Bravo Network as part of their Bravo home called Get a Room with Carson and Tom. So it's Carson Cressley and Tom Felicia from the original Queer Eye. Carson's passion for decoration led him to look into interior design with Tom, and he's hoping that Tom's going to show him the ropes and ins and outs of interior design. Each episode features two clients looking to transform a space. Their budgets can be large or small, but they're all trying to create a space that that is unique to them. So they're using Carson's fashion sense and bold personality mixed with Tom's designer friendliness. The two friends create breathtaking but affordable redesigns. They work, play, argue, compromise, and create together. This week's episode, there have only been a couple episodes so far, so if you want to jump on board, this week's episode featured Tom and Carson taking on Joe and Lisa, a New Jersey couple battling to incorporate his over-the-top Italian, like, soprano style interior decor taste while sticking to her modest taste set on a spreadsheet budget think of her as like an excel sheet crazy person and meanwhile back in the city tom and carson only have a few days to redesign akeem's bakery before the single mother of four relaunches her business and begins the next chapter of her life mary Payne, were you excited when you heard about this show i was so excited first of all thanks for having me Yes, I was so excited because I love those guys. I think Carson Cressley is hilarious. And I haven't seen Tom, of course, in years, but I didn't realize how funny he is, too. I was very excited. Yes. How much do you enjoy interior decorating? I love it. I love it. I um, personally, we built our house from the ground up, I think now, um, seven years ago. And I had a, a designer help me kind of halfway through the project. I wish I would have had it from the beginning. So I'm very into it. The only thing in our house that all four of us will watch is anything on HGTV. Now we don't love as a family, Chip and Joanna Gaines, but we do love everybody else. And so if that's on, everybody will watch it. I love interior design. I love these guys. Tom's taste is a maybe, um, it's a little cray cray for me, but somehow it all pulls together in the end. And I, I love it. I love this new, like, home by Bravo idea. Okay. So Tom's previous clients, since Queer Eye aired, he got a bunch of celebrity high profile clients, including Jennifer Lopez. 
So Ooh. while I'm watching the show, I, I'm cognizant of, of the fact that he deals with people with enormous budgets and that it's probably quite difficult for him to compromise with a small, small budget. Do you think that it's realistic that he would work with somebody to redesign their bakery on a $10,000 budget? No, I didn't really understand that bakery. I'll be honest. It was really cute when they got done with it. And if you were walking down the street, wherever it was in Brooklyn or wherever, it would catch your eye for sure. Way more than it would, you know, when they started. Um, I didn't understand the bakery with the things and the plastic. I didn't understand the bakery. Maybe they're delicious. Um, the client was really cute and the space was so tiny. Um, no, I, I think that $10,000, he would only do it if he was on a TV show for sure. But the Excel spreadsheet couple, now what was their budget? It was a lot. It was like 50K or something. I don't even remember what the amount was, but I'm just doubting both of these budgets. I feel like they say to the producers one budget and the reality is another. And it's always convenient that these two always come just under budget. There's just well, no they, way you could decorate that many rooms for that much money. Well, if you, they had a, um, I don't know if it was the first, or, yeah, I think it was the first episode where the couple only was doing like their large, huge, you know, probably 2,000 square foot living room, but they had a budget of $130,000. And I was like, okay, now wait a minute. <laughs> that $130,000 is a lot for that. That was, I, I thought that was a lot. For the small space though, like the apartment they did in New York City and the bakery, I, I, there's no way for that bakery that they were like, Yes, it was the budget was ten thousand dollars. We came in at nine thousand nine hundred dollars ninety eight cents. You know, right? Like that, like on um, trading spaces where they'd have to say it to the penny. Mm -hmm. um, but every other one, they like they're joking about the bouge and how it was. You know, we spent exactly ten thousand dollars. I'm like, how did you spend exactly ten thousand dollars? I don't know. I also have to tell you that I question their taste. Now, I, I know that in most cases, a really good interior decorator is basically helping cultivate the the customer's tastes. So it's really yeah. supposed to be about what the customer wants and helping them. Yeah. But it makes me wonder in some of these cases if they have terrible taste because the couple with the Excel spreadsheets, that, I'm sorry to say, that space looked atrocious. I, I didn't like it. I liked kind of the funky um, Caesar picture that he had on the wall, but it was sort of like, it was like what Coco Chanel said, right? Like you, when you walk out of the house, take one piece of jewelry off. Mm -hmm. It was sort of like that, like take one thing away because it was too much. It was just too much. And, I, and he added those doors and I kind of understood what he was going for, but it seemed like a, um, like the set of friends or something like a prop wall. You know, mm -hmm. it didn't seem like they'd put in any like real walls. I, yeah, I, I agree. I didn't love that, but they loved it because it had, it was so weird was they made that space. Like a lot of it was like a dining space and I thought it was supposed to be a den space. I, I kind of didn't get it, but he wanted the red velvet. He wanted the, um, it was like mafia chic is what he wanted. And by the it, way, they have kids like really that's going to last that long. I always get the impression after the designers leave that the, the truck pulls down, you know, down the street and then everything falls off the wall. <laughs> well, I, I think they had like a glass table. I'm like, that's not going to last very long. I have to say this. I love Carson and Tom. I would watch them do anything. So it, it's sort of irrelevant to me that they're fixing people's houses. I just concentrate more on their banter back and forth. I think that makes the TV show. I would like to see a TV show of them just driving in a van around the city talking to people. 
<laughs> I would too. I would watch that. I would watch that for an hour. I would totally. too. too. Okay. So tell everybody a little bit about your podcast. Okay. So my podcast is called Pain in the Pod. So my name is Mary Payne, like Mary Ann or Mary Beth or Billy Bob or, you know, Bobby Sue, whatever you want to think about it. But it's two names because I'm from the deep South and everybody has two names. So Payne is actually my middle name and I go by my first and middle name. So it's a play on my name, Pain in the Pod, because it's been hard my whole life to explain my name to people. Like, you know, when I when I go to Mississippi, it's fine because everybody gets it. But then when I go just like, you know, two hours north and nobody gets it. So it's a play on my name, Pain in the Pod. So it's P-A-Y-N-E. And I interview podcasters about their podcast. So, for example, I interviewed you about your podcast and how you got the idea and how did you get it started and how much time do you spend on it and what are the you know, the hassles of it, you know, booking guests and fun things like that. So tell everybody where they can follow you on social media. Okay. So Instagram and Twitter is at pain in the pod. And that's P-A-Y-N-E, pain in the pod. And that's Instagram and Twitter. And then there's a Facebook page, pain in the pod. And then just regular Twitter, um, Mary Payne, the number two. I want to thank my great guests this week, Jenny Marie from TLC's Mama Medium, Ben from Watch What Crappens, and Mary Payne from Pain in the Pod podcast. I want to remind you guys, go to iTunes and subscribe to the show, and please leave a five-star review. You should also join the Facebook group. Go to the Facebook search button and click in Reality Life with Kate Casey. I can't even tell you how many people during the week, I'm still telling them they need to join. You got to join and you got to add all your really fun, awesome friends. You can find me on Twitter at at Kate Casey. I love to tweet during shows and about shows. And my Instagram is at Kate Casey CA. Have a great week. Wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Bing! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. <laughs> Judy Justice. Only on Freebie. Freebie.